Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at recruiting firm RiderFlex. If you enjoyed today's guest interview, please give it a like and be sure to subscribe to the RiderFlex podcast. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your brand. Nick Mattingly on the RiderFlex podcast. Nick, I love that hair, bro. I mean, come on, man. That's good stuff. That's my COVID locks. <laughs> <laughs> I saw some uh, videos of you, you know, earlier on, three, four, five years ago. I was doing my homework, of course. I'm looking stuff up on YouTube. And then I saw your LinkedIn profile pic. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's going on? What's going on with this hair here? It looks good, man. Is that, did you seriously start growing that out at COVID? Uh, we, we had twins, uh, almost two years ago. They'll be two in September. And I think the last time I had a haircut was, was right before, uh, they came into the world. So it's been a minute. Wow. Okay. Did you have long hair when you were younger? Like when you were a teenager? I, I had a college phase where I let it go, but it, it wasn't quite like this. <laughs> Your wife likes it. The kids love it. Yeah. She, she's got, she's got, uh, she goes through uh, blue hair and pink hair and oh. she's way cooler than me. So yeah, she, gotcha. she doesn't mind. Gotcha. <laughs> Speaking of cool, do you play the guitar? I see them in the background. I, I used to. Yeah. It's um, they, they stay on the wall a lot now, but uh, enjoy, enjoy jamming. Yeah. Were you, so were you in a band when you were a kid or a teenager? Uh, but it's, it's probably been 15 years ago. Um, but yeah, we, we did a lot of original songs and did some like local regional travel and did a little EP and I'm really? sure it's out there on the internet somewhere, but really we tried to bury it. So <laughs> <laughs> did you play lead or what, what did you, what, did you sing? Was, uh, what was guitar your... and singer? It's called the refills. Yeah. The refills. Oh my gosh. I love that. Okay. <laughs> but we got to, I'll see if I can dig up like an old, you don't think there's a clip out there somewhere, do you? Like <laughs> uploaded video. I'll see, if, I'll see if I can find something for you. It's, it's been a hot minute. We didn't yeah. even have YouTube back then, so that's right. <laughs> no right. Yeah, uh, that's cool. So you you love music. You're a music guy. Yeah, I uh, always looking for new music, and um, it, it, there's this weird thing that happened in my brain. At some point, I had I had a hard time. Um, really taking in a whole song at once it's like i latch onto one piece of it and and that's what i'm hyper focused on and uh, i can pick up that part and then i'll switch over to a you know a different you know just the drums or you know just just the the bass or i've got i've got to really work to like hear the whole thing anymore i don't know what i did there <laughs> interesting do you have a bunch of lps like do you have does your collection if you come to your house is it cool do you have like a wall with uh, I don't have a wall, but that's uh, that's what's right behind me here is the record player. Oh, 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 there it is. There, there we go. It is. <laughs> okay, anybody that has guitars hanging on his wall with a record player, they're automatically cool, right? You just <laughs> automatically have the cool factor. <laughs> Plus, I was in music retail for a long time, uh, so I didn't play, but I worked in music retail back when, you know, remember when we had stores and you had to like go to a physical location and buy. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm uh we're based out of louisville kentucky we had ear ecstasy here it was uh, rated one of the top 10 record stores in the country and yeah. and then records kind of went away for a for a minute it turned into a panera afterwards it was the saddest <laughs> <laughs> but it's like a yeah, few yeah. fighters would, would like 
did did a show there like they, oh. they would bring in artists um, yes 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 and uh actually when i was in college i had started working on a documentary on the the louisville music scene i don't know that a lot of people know this but before grunge blew up louisville was one of the bigger kind of underground music scenes and there were really? a few bands that came out of uh, our area that were really inspirational for other artists and this like whole concept of math rock um there's uh, a, a, a band called uh, Slint that um, was really, really big internationally. And uh, in the process of uncovering the story and, and really trying to get in front of some of the folks that were close to it, um, some of the members of Slint had started a new band called The Four Carnation, and they were playing a music festival in London. Um, it was a 10 year uh, All Tomorrow's Parties music festival. And they invited me to go with them. And I had what? never traveled internationally. I didn't have a passport. I got a passport in like two or three days, the week uh, the week of Thanksgiving. We ended up calling a congressman. They got it expedited. And uh, it was a wild, wild ride. <laughs> wow. Now that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Were you thinking, I mean, was there a little bit of a thought like, hey, I want to be in music. I'm going to be in a band like this might be what I do for a living or never. You never really thought it was just like, I'm just going to have fun while I can. It, it, for me, it was just something that was fun to do. Uh, yeah. had, had another friend in our band that was uh, not not so happy that we weren't all in to like you know oh. that be the thing that that we stuck with. Um, you yeah. know, look at, looking back, I, I kind of feel like you know it, it, if if there's anything that you pick to really go hard on, you can find a way to make it work. And in a lot of ways, I think that that kind of parallels to what I've done with Switcher and the business that we've built is yeah. you know, I, I went all in um, yeah. and yeah. we've been able to do some really incredible things, but still feels like we're just getting started. So that's a good thing. Tell me about your, your, your personal life a little bit before we get into Switcher. Uh, I want to know about, uh, so you grew up in, I'm guessing you grew up in Kentucky, obviously. Tell me uh, about- just, yeah, we're outside of Louisville. Yeah. Okay. Tell me about mom, dad, siblings. Give me, little, <laughs> give me a little family history there, if you don't mind. Yeah, uh, both both of my parents are educators. Uh, my mom did special needs. Um, my dad ended up teaching the vocational school for electrical and engineering, but prior to that, had his own business, uh, did electrical and HVAC, and that was my summer job uh, a lot of years. And I'd go out on job sites, and when I was smaller, I'd be the one that would go up in the attic or under the house or in the rafters. <laughs> oh, 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 so crawling, I, crawling under those homes. Uh, yeah, that's uh, not not a fun job. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I've, I've always joked I've been uh, wired, um, but I, I, I kind of turned that into a bit of an AV business. And uh, there was one summer I installed like 600 projectors in a few different schools and like businesses. Uh, so wow. we're doing the screens and, um, you know, all the uh, electrical and the overhead units that go with that. How about um, that? How about that? And it's all just been kind of stepping stones. And in college, I got really involved with the, the campus radio station. And we changed the format from a classic rock station to a, an actual, like, college rock station, like Indie Rock, and um, build out the radio automation system and... Um, did a lot of really cool things with that and had a, had a great group of people involved there with station manager for two years. And, um, cool. it was, cool. it was through that, that I started doing video and streaming, um, we, we set up a webcam. So yeah, all that kind of, all that's kind of tied it's together. It's all, yeah. Yeah. I see. I see how it all kind of comes together yeah. for you. Um, let me, any, let me ask real quick though. Uh, any siblings, brothers, I sisters, got, I've got two younger brothers. Okay. All right. And, and what, what do uh, they do for a living? 
Are they doctors, lawyers? Are they homeless? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I've got one brother that started med school and then uh, switched over to do agribusiness. And so he's been in insurance and he's managing like hundreds of acres and, and you work in hay and has lambs and uh, they're, they're building a, a big mum operation right now. Like they don't do anything halfway. Wow. Um, wow. So a, a lot different path, but he really enjoys it. And uh, he's, he's doing it at a pretty cool scale. And then um, I've, got, I've got another brother, Ethan. Uh, he's a registered dietitian and works with the University of Louisville. He was uh, with the University of uh, Kentucky and, and their uh, football team for a while. Cool. did a lot of traveling with them and now he's working more on the the student um side of things so he, mm. he's involved with uh that crew helping kids out now were you the were you the rebel wild brother were you the musician drug i'm doing drugs i'm playing in yeah. the band I'm, I'm getting, <laughs> were you that guy i was the oldest you? so uh I, I had to break all the rules i think they had it a lot easier than me <laughs> <laughs> Was your family conservative, like Christian conservative, pretty, pretty like, you know, like, hey, follow the rules and you were the rebel or I just wondered if you got gotten in trouble or you, you, you know, were you somewhere in the middle? I, 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 I was, I was the good kid. I did, did well in school and oh, okay. didn't go out partying too hard. Uh, okay. Okay. Still a little bit later. I made up for it, but <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, very cool, man. Well, I appreciate you. And you're married, you said. So you got two, you got twins. Yeah. Uh, so Whitney, uh, we, we met in college and, and um, actually had a radio show together uh, through Bellarmine Radio. It was called Word to Your Mother. We played a bunch of 90s songs. Really? Um, so that was a lot of fun. And uh, she's super creative. Uh, she, she actually uh, worked in an agency and, and did work for video streaming and live projects with GE uh, appliances and Kellogg's and Little Brownie Bakers. Like Girl Scouts has this huge mega event they do every year, and she was really involved in uh, all the behind the scenes and kind of video stuff that went along with that. Wow. And then uh, actually pulled her into our company, um, and and she ran operations and and helped really lay the foundation. Um, the first few years and more recently she stepped out and she started an art studio. And so she's a very, again, very creative. She's a maker. She's got a, a laser engraver and she can sew and paint uh, uh, that does a little bit of everything. So it's been really is it cool. Better, do, do you find it, is it better that she's not involved daily with the business and you guys aren't, is that healthier for your <laughs> relationship? I'm curious there. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And no. I mean, Whitney and I are really great partners and uh, where, where I'm weak, she's strong. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, being, being in business together, there's a lot of that, that we really relished and we build each other up. And when we, when we talk about problems, we're solving problems because we're both in it and uh, we've got the context. It's, that's definitely been a shift as she stepped out of the org um you know, she's still involved and, and we contract her from time to time because she knows everything but <laughs> but we're also trying to protect her time because she's she's got her own things that um you know she needs to prioritize and do for her and so it's definitely been a shift um i do i do find myself kind of leaning on her um and, and going back for, for a lot of that so um Okay. There's, there's a lot I really loved about it. I, jo I joke that Whitney was my first investor. She let me be crazy and, and not have a paycheck for two years so I could, I could get started <laughs> on this and figure it out. 
Uh, and she was working. That's how you, that's how you guys lived. That's how you made it. Is you, you, right. You, she was the one with yeah. the job. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, you, how old did you say the twins were? Uh, there'll be two in September. We've there'll got two, two girls, Laurel two. and Arden. Uh, well, you had brothers. See, this is, you, this is a whole new adventure for you. Now oh, yeah. with the little girls. <laughs> totally different. Is that the only kids you got? Yeah, this is our first. Uh, so we got the two for one special and, uh, we actually right. went camping this past weekend. I got a little, <laughs> Uh, like retro 1960s uh scotty camper and we cool. went out to <laughs> a really kid uh kid-friendly spot it's called jellystone <laughs> it's like yogi bear themed <laughs> they had a splash park and playgrounds and um yeah That's we were cool. trying, trying to get them out in the world a little bit and then uh That's and then it got real hot we have a heat wave right now so we came home a day early <laughs> it's even it's even been warm in colorado and usually colorado summers are pretty pretty mild and oh yeah we, we've got a joke around here uh bourbon is is from kentucky yeah. yes of course i'm a huge a I'm of a, I'm yeah. a huge bourbon guy yeah absolutely <laughs> and uh i think a, a big part of why it's so good is the weather is constantly changing but there's this joke if you don't like the weather just stick around because so we've got yeah. you know, every season within a week it'll snow one day and then be 90 the next speaking of bourbon and whiskeys being from kentucky you know Lexington, Kentucky is the only place I ever flew into where when I checked into the hotel, there was a lady from one of the bourbon companies mm -hmm. in the lobby handing you a free bourbon drink. There you, you go. In. You haven't been back? Like, <laughs> I, was, I was like, this is this is Kentucky right here. This is it. <laughs> All the great bourbon comes from where you're at, my friend. Absolutely. Yeah, there, uh, there was one point early in, in my switcher journey. Uh, and someone asked, like, why are you in Louisville? You've got a you've got a tech company. Like, <laughs> and I I didn't mean this in a like weird way, but it's like it's where I'm at. Like you can you can build something anywhere. And and I think especially over the last two years, we look at what's happened and, and the change in way people work. Uh, yes. Um, you know, companies that never would have let people work from home or never would have hired outside of their region, um, or you know, there, there's just been so many changes and we um no need to move i mean you i don't know i've done a lot of traveling with switcher that's that's been a really cool part of it is i've, I've got to see the world you know i spent a lot of time in san francisco and la and new york i've got a co-founder in switzerland we've got offices over there oh uh, so haven't been in a few years but but that was a part of my routine for a while gonna try to get back to that yeah. um, but you're, but you're but I, I love it here like it, it's just it's a great spot and um you know family is really important to me so I think we'll Every, out everybody else that lives in Kentucky is either in horses or, or bourbon. And except for you, you're the only tech guy there. <laughs> there's, there's a few of us. We've got a club, but uh, you, got, you got any horses? I don't. My dad's always had horses. Uh, he was big into draft horses and it had a, had a little buggy and we'd get really? a plow just to have fun. It <laughs> doesn't sound fun no. to me. But. That's great, man. Yeah. Uh, well, I appreciate you sharing some of that personal stuff with me. Thank you. Appreciate it. So walk me into the story. So I see how it all ties together. You were kind of techie slash electrical slash video slash radio slash, I mean, video. I mean, it was all kind of forming there. Even, even always been kind of stumbling in this direction. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So what, what, what happened? You started doing you started doing gigs like kind of by yourself. You were, you were hooking up things. You were doing stuff for people. So you had kind of your own little consulting thing. And then walk, walk me into the transition a little bit and how switch yeah. 
I, I think I, just, I always knew I wanted to do my own thing. I think in some ways, like seeing my dad have his own business, there was yeah. just something about that that, yeah. that stuck with me. Um, I really thought I wanted to do design. Um, and, and so when I went to university, I was, you know, I'm going to make websites or magazines or, you know, something really visual. I think when I was younger, I thought I'd be an animator and, and then everything oh. went from hand drawn to CG. And I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> um, so I really went into this, this path of, of being a designer. Um, and, and a big part of that was also understanding like how do people interact with those experiences and okay. how, how do you make things easily understood? Um, but I also had this kind of business knack. And so I was, I was also going on the business track and I had a little bit of a choose my own journey, like, because I think I knew I wanted to do my own thing. I was like, yeah. I'm going to do what I need to do on the, the kind of MBA path and that side of things when you know, take some accounting classes, but you know, Hey, I'm going to take some music technology classes and I'm going to do this design stuff. And Oh, here's a video class. I'm going to go check that out. And so I, you know, I had a really interesting opportunity where I, I could kind of package those together in um, you know, what, what I was doing through my schooling. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a small, small school in, in Louisville called Bellarmine University. Um, yeah. But uh, th- through that, YouTube was really early on. Yeah. Uh, Live streaming had been a thing for a while, but most of the content you see would be like a NASA satellite launch or like a MLS team on the internet. And so it was really kind of gated to like really big enterprises of brands. Because this is like 2010 for the listeners. You're talking what, 2010, 2012? Where, where are we yeah. talking? Somewhere? Yeah, 2010. Yeah. Yep. Well, 2006 uh, <laughs> to, to 2010. Yeah. Um, and so in, in that stretch, you know, really really saw video evolve and take a forefront in the way people were starting to consume content online. Mm-hmm. And as, as a creative person, like also took a lot of interest in like what, what's involved in that. And, and for me, video was this really cool medium where it's not just what you're pointing the camera at. It's the stories that are being told. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, do you have good audio? Is the lighting right? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you show different angles or perspectives? Um, you know, how do you collaborate with other people? You've, you've got to do all this work ahead of time to plan and prepare. You have to edit. Um, you know, sometimes it's just as important what you don't show as what you do. And, and I think just in getting to touch different parts of that process, um, a lot of it I had to learn on my own. It wasn't like yeah, there's a class sure. you can take where you, you just get right. all of that. <laughs> um, and, and so there's a lot of learning on the fly. There's a lot of failing, but there's also, I, I think just something about how I'm wired. I, I saw opportunities. It was like, man, there's, there's gotta be a better way to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so c- coming, coming out of university, it was also like in a weird time in the economy. They're, they're hiring you know, I had a lot of friends that ended up going back to school. That was just kind of like the next natural path. And I wasn't interested in that. I was like, I, I want to go build something. And so before I, I even got out of school, one of my friends and I started an agency and we were consulting um, with businesses and, and building websites and doing online video and um, trying, trying to take a wag at that. 
So and you were doing that, that you and you and your buddy were doing that while you were still going to school. That was the Silver Sun LLC that I see on your LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. We, we started out okay. DJing like weddings and events and doing audio really and cool other all stuff, right. and then and then kind of pivoted toward like you know let's we don't want to give up all of our weekends to be at <laughs> okay. some party on on Saturday, um, and you know in in that process of really supporting businesses this really interesting thing happened where like you get close to a client. It's like their business becomes your business. You want to mm-hmm. figure out how to make them successful. Mm-hmm. And what we heard from a lot of these uh, groups was that video was important. They wanted to invest in it. They wanted to have that content, but what they were used to doing was spending 10,000, $20,000 on one video, put it on their website. Six months later, it's out of date. And then they never did anything else. Um, or if they had something on YouTube, uh, they, they, they didn't love that it had ads on it. You know, they wanted something on their website. And so we saw an opportunity with, within that kind of arena and, and partner with another technology provider where we could do video hosting. Like, let's get a video player on your website and let's help figure out, uh, how businesses can make content on their own. Like what equipment do they need? How do we train them up? If they're not ready to do it, like, can, can we get a contract where, where their video crew um you would and, you would you would produce you would film shoot produce a video and host the the data all of it yeah and so the the long the long play here was like video hosting like that's a subscription i don't have to it's not tied to the hours in the day mm. this is really interesting but that video has to exist in the first place and so in this process we saw a lot of businesses get excited you know we want to do video we want to do it more often um, and then there were a lot of roadblocks. It's like, wow, this is expensive. This is complicated. We need to hire someone just to do this. And so like, while we've got this kind of long tail and, and bigger opportunity on the back end, or they're making it, we're hosting it. Um, there's a big gap between yes and them actually doing it. Uh, and, and so we're trying to get people to yes a lot sooner. That's really what I was trying to solve for. <laughs> and a lot of the content we ended up creating, we, we moved from more of the, the like, really heavily edited storytelling pieces to a little bit more like cookie cutter formats. So we found some opportunities in sports uh, where we could, you know, film games and make highlight reels and turn those around like same day. Um, We found opportunities around events where we could do do camera switches while the thing was happening and it's ready to go. You know, we didn't have to do any editing after the fact. Uh, Ended up using a lot of other solutions in the market in this process. We started doing live streaming for some of our customers like a um, like a basketball game or something like that. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, um, there's a, a public TV station, uh, TV Santa Barbara. We built out their website. We built out their video infrastructure. You know, uh, they had their own app on Apple TV, and like we helped package all of that together. But we, I mean, I at the time, we're just an agency. You know, we're we're putting yeah. in the hours. We're borrowing tech. We're we're helping people out. Um, and and I, I think, you know, at at some point, I, I really. really just got frustrated that that like people were so excited about this and it was it was so hard and in this process i found an existing app on the 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 app store for iphone and ipad this is right around the time when they first put a camera in the ipad okay and there there was a a product called rico live multicam and you could open uh the app on four different iphones and ipads see video from all of them at the same time and hit one button and they all started recording at the same time. And I was like, this is 
awesome. Like people can afford these things. They're easy to use. Um, and Dan, my business partner was like, who would ever make video on an iPhone? This is like why Instagram exists. They're putting filters on your shitty phone pictures. Uh, <laughs> but I was like, no, there's something to this. And so I, I reached out to the developer and ended up being one guy in Switzerland. He had left his day job where he had been an executive. He had managed an R&D team of like 18 or 20 people. Um, and he had decided to, to move on and specialize in video and built this really cool project. Um, had some other projects he was working on um, and talked about what we were doing and, and asked what it might look like to have that product do live video. Could we get it streaming to the video player we provided? Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, great move. Later. Great move, by the way. How did you get the guy's contact information? How'd you track him down? I forget. I don't know. There's the internet. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's a, that's a great tip for the listeners. I mean, you saw something early that somebody had produced. It could tie into what you were doing and you hunted the guy down Yeah. and, and talked to him. That's a great move. Okay. Well, go ahead. Even, yeah. even through our agency, um, you know, when we would build websites and need something really specialized or we we're trying to do something different with video, like I could write some code, but I, I was not a developer. And so we had other people that we contracted and like in our network. And I kind of felt like the whole time I was at university, I was headhunting. It was like, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. these, these guys weren't like my best friends, but we got to know each other. We got to work together. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think if anything, that's probably my superpower is like <clears throat> finding people that are smarter than me, that can do things really well and bringing yes. them together. And so we, uh, had a little bit of a Bellarmine Mafia going on early, early on. It was uh, a few, few other folks that we grabbed that I'd met over the years. You know, I gave my, my friend out of Switzerland that um, we, we started working with. And um, we, we ended up with this proof of concept where you had an app where you could have four, four angles and you could stream on uh, you know, a video player we provided. And this was before Meerkat, before Periscope before Facebook Live, before any of the free like social live video things were popping up. Mm-hmm. And our plan at the time was to really go to market with uh, you know, a complete solution. You, you have a great way of making video. We've got a way to host it and play it back so people can watch. Um, and we started off with this idea of a joint venture. You know, we're going to go in okay. and we're going to market it and sell it and support it. And Gabe built this great product and we'll give feedback and improve it. And let's see what happens. Like as we sell it, we'll share in our success. Uh, And and that wasn't something where you just snap your fingers. Like those were some hard conversations and there's a lot of negotiating and you've got lawyers involved and you're Mm -hmm. you're spinning up new LLCs. And like, Mm -hmm. it was a journey, like just having this concept, but then being able to, to structure in a way where we could commercialize it when we didn't really even own some of the core tech at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, but still have the upside, we, we were able to package that in a way where we could have something that looked like a product in market that, that could really get people excited about. And we were charging a subscription from day one in, in 2014 when apps were free or, or maybe a dollar. We had people that were paying us $500 a year to use this like package solution. Wow. Uh, we're like, okay, there is something to this. So uh, with, within the first six months, I stepped out of our agency. I talked to my wife. I said, I'm going all in on Switcher. Um, and so we went two years bootstrapped and self-funded, had some other co-founders that helped in different ways, you know, continued to work with our partner in Switzerland. And through that journey, um, we ended up 
ultimately re repackaging all of that. And we, we spun up a new, uh, C Corp. We, we did Switcher Inc. Um, we rolled up all the IP. We had built a lot of other supporting technology around this. Uh, we ended up being a launch partner for Facebook live. So we, we, um, had built some connections over the years and new live video was coming before it was officially launched. And so day one, when they came out of the gate, we're the only mobile app they officially supported outside of, you know, making video from your phone. Um, there were maybe 10 or 12 launch partners and, and most of them were, you know, for enterprise or, you know, had, it had a lot of equipment involved and we were like this, this run and gun mobile multi-cam thing. Um, and, and we, we actually made a really strategic decision to drop the video player, the, mm. you know, as, as, uh, as we saw Facebook live come out and, and Periscope that, that, you know, later got gobbled up by Twitter, um, you know, YouTube had added live video, uh, it was really a change that was happening in the marketplace where I, di I didn't really feel like you could play in the middle. Like if we were going to offer a video player and not be an enterprise solution, there's enough free solutions and social platforms where audiences already are, where, where there's a tremendous amount of reach. If we can be the best way of making live video and make that really easy and let you do it from your phone, let's be Switzerland when it comes to where that content goes. Let's make it really easy to plug in other places. And so we, we really started to focus on the, the front end of how video gets made, that creation part of the process and then, and, and then building the right partners uh, to be able to make it easy to get that content where people wanted it to be. And so that, that led with our Facebook uh, launch partner status. We, we later added our own YouTube integration. We're one of five preferred partners for LinkedIn Live. So if you wanna do live video on LinkedIn, uh, Switcher's in the short list. You can download our app, you can link your account and, uh, and, and, and do it all from your phone. Cool. Um, very, very nice. Now's probably a good time. Let's do this. Uh, and then I want to go back and ask, ask some questions about how you set up the C Corp and co-founders and everything. But for the listeners, can you give the Switcher Studio three-minute elevator pitch as it stands today? If, if, the, if the listener hasn't heard of it, hasn't used it, give us Switcher Studio. Go for yeah. it. Yeah. Ooh, it's, it's starting to change. That's the tricky part. So uh, <laughs> Switcher is a video creativity platform. It's a way of making better video more often using hardware you already have, like iPhones and iPads. Okay. And it really allows you to go beyond your webcam or, or your phone where it's single camera point and shoot. You know, if you're making video for yourself or for your business, you want it to be branded. You can have your logo on screen. From your phone, you could put someone's name or switch from the camera to a photo, a video. You're really starting to bring the audience in by making these decisions where you edit while you shoot. Mm -hmm. uh, and the thing that's really special about Switcher is that you can open the app on another iPhone or iPad to get another angle and show a different perspective uh, wirelessly like, at the same of... time. Uh, you can even share a link and bring in a guest. So, you know, how we're having this conversation over, over, uh, almost at Skype, Zoom, <laughs> mm. um, we have our own solution where, where you can have a, a conversation or interview with, with someone that's in a different location. And we've been able to package this in a way where it's, it's really easy to use. You can share your video anywhere, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, you can multi-stream and, and have it on all of those platforms at the same time. So I can, can I just take a pause right there? I can, I'm going to, I'm going to 
lower this down to commoner commoner slash my language i'm not going to use the right absolutely yeah help me out (laughs) uh, so so if i go to the mountains in colorado and i want to film myself uh in the jeep on a trail i could put a camera up up the trail just a bit a camera on the dash in my jeep and maybe another camera off to the side and all three I can be sw- I can record all three at the same time and switch views all at the same time. And if I have internet connection, mm-hmm. it could all be live streamed through Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn all at the same time. You got it. Yeah. Oh, okay. And nobody and else can do that. Nope. iPads. No, no special hardware. Um, and, and then you know, all you need is a switcher subscription starts at $50 a month. $50 a month. Is that, Per user, per per user. So you, per, you've got one user. one device that you choose to enter the studio or, or kind of direct and run everything from. Mm-hmm. Using another iPhone or iPad as a camera is no cost. You could you could grab a stranger off the street, have them download Switcher, and they could be a camera in your production. And they don't need an account. They don't need to do anything. If my you were to bring a guest, uh, my sorry, immediate thought. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were to bring in a guest, they 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 just click a link. They don't have to install an app. Mm. They can use it on their Mac, their computer, Android. Um, you know, ha- having someone else join you is very very simple, and you one one tap, and they can be a part of your production. You know, my immediate thought is: tell me if I'm off base here. But uh, so, so I'm I subscribe to a lot of YouTube people who have their own channels specifically because I'm a Jeep guy. And so these, a lot of mm-hmm. these over, a lot of these overlanding guys, they all, they all have like their own channel. Right. And I can, I can just see how it's like, okay, they, they're like, they're in their little Jeep and they, they stop, they get out, they walk up the road, they put their camera down then they go back to the Jeep and then they drive and they get the shot. And then they, then they get out and they get the camera again. And then they take their other camera. I'm just thinking to myself, wow, this could save a lot of editing time. A lot, it, it could save a lot of time. That it yeah, that, normally- that's the trick is you you're you're capturing life in the moment. Like as these things are unfolding, you're able to make those decisions, and you don't you don't have to edit. You don't have to watch it render. You don't have to export. You know, it, it's it's already where you want it to be and you've got it saved uh, on your device too. So if, if you want to you know, play with it and do more, you can. More recently, we added our own clip feature. So you could take a video made with Switcher and you could choose a segment and you can uh, you know, put, put a logo on screen or text. You can do speech to text and you can share that clip back out. We have an update coming out next week. Uh, you can share that to Facebook Reels, Instagram feed. It's, it's a two-tap experience. You can pull out a clip from Switcher and share it immediately to reels and stories. I keep hearing you say easy and fast. And those are two big words when it comes to shooting video that I myself, like, that's what I care about because the uploading, the rendering, the editing, like all of that is a pain in the ass. And so anything that makes all that easier, especially getting different shots from different angles and being able to upload all at one time. We we lived it. We were trying to solve our own problem. (laughs) Yeah, right. And I guess so, right? Problem. Yeah. 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 You were solving your own, really, right? That you were solving your own problems and ended up ha- creating a, a SaaS product, right? Because I guess that's where, exactly. where it really is, you know? Uh, and, and it's, by the way, for investors, it's recurring revenue, it's a subscription model, which is all super attractive, right? Uh, 
I'm guessing that wasn't really, you weren't thinking I'm going to build a fast tech. <laughs> you were probably just thinking, man, I got to make this shit easier for myself. And then it just kind of came along. Yeah. I mean, it really started on the, the nerdy side of things. It was like, yeah, let's, let's, let's find a better way. Like what, what yes. needs to exist to solve yes. this problem and then let's figure it out. And, and we did end up talking to a lot of customers at that time. And especially as we brought in early customers, you know, that, that was something that was really important for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as we, we got further along, um, we had a lot of internal problems to solve and we got a little more distance from our customer. Uh, and, and we felt some of that, but we've, we've since been able to build this incredible community. We've got, we've got an online Facebook group, probably 20,000 people that right. are posting videos, asking Love questions, it. helping Love one it. another. Um, it, it and is, helping it, you be, and helping you because they're giving you feedback, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we've got many, many more people that have used the product and touched it in some way that aren't in that group, but to, mm. to see the ripple effect of like, not only have we built this really cool thing, but it it's having a profound impact on other people's lives and the work that they do. And it even extends beyond that. Like the content they're creating, the people that watch it come to expect it. Like when it does, when it, you know, if we've got a church that doesn't a stream every Sunday and they miss a week, people are like, where are you at? Um, <laughs> we've got people that are using it for their podcasts. We've, we've, um, you know, new channels, um, theater, education. I mean, it, we didn't put it in a box. And so we've got this really flexible tool that's being used in a lot of different ways. Sports is, is a big category for us. Is it, um, is, is it protected? Is it patented? Is it trade? I mean, you got all this. Is this? Yeah. Is it? Okay, go ahead. We, uh, we, we've got we've got trademarks. I think what we've done with Switcher as far as mul- uh, multi-cam wireless video from your iPhone or iPad, we were first in market for, for okay. bringing that solution out. Uh, there, we've inspired some others and, and, and there are alternatives, but I think we have a very different approach, um, that that's not, not necessarily trying to chase the professional video world and, and all the things that you can do, you know, with, with a big expensive camera or with, you know, big editing workflows. We're really trying to bring this down where it's accessible, where someone that hasn't made video before can pick it up and figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, and I think this is the thing I'm really excited about as we look ahead is how this product will start to evolve. Uh, we have just launched a new offering called Carter and it's, a, it's a, an app in the Shopify app store you can install on your store and you can select products or collections that you might sell on your website via Shopify. Okay. And they will show up inside of the Switcher app. So if you're making a video with Switcher, you can show your products on the screen. Um, and with our Carter solution, you can stream on Facebook Live and we have a chat bot that will actually direct people to check out on your website. So mm-hmm. if, if you're selling on Shopify, you can use Switcher and Carter together to talk about products, feature them on screen, and people can comment on that video and That's they will nice. get a link to buy directly from your website. And so mm-hmm. as we look at how this evolves, uh, I, I think the role that video will play in how how products and services get sold in this whole world of video commerce mm-hmm. uh, is is coming. You know, there, Couldn't agree there, more. Couldn't agree. Other Couldn't markets agree that are way ahead of us. You look at what's happening in Asia, and twenty percent of all e-commerce is happening through video. Mm-hmm. That's not happening that. here, and, and I think there's a real opportunity for us to be a part of that story to help shape what it looks like 
And I'm so excited about this new product to, to be able to lead with an example of, of what that could look like. Speaking of filming your own products that you're trying to sell on like Shopify, can you do that with, with the videos for products on Amazon as well? Is that, is that. So what, what we've brought to market with our, our Carter solution requires Shopify and Facebook live. Um, it is limited okay. to those two platforms. Okay. But with Switcher, you can multi-stream. So you could have that video on YouTube, Facebook, Amazon Live. You can have it on other platforms. I see. It's just we haven't solved for how do you interact with the video to be able to actually check out. Mm, okay. Amazon Live does have their own solution. Like from Amazon, you can pick products and you can show those on top of the video. Mm-hmm. And that video can come from your webcam or it can come from most, most other solutions on the market. So there is way there are ways that you can use switcher and amazon live together um it's more okay. of a workflow it's it's not an integrated supported solution okay. uh and that, that's something that we're working toward is like how can we make these experiences shoppable in, in a way where you can meet your audience where they are and they can always buy and they can buy from you as a merchant from your website you're, you're not you're not giving up your first party data you're not yeah. uh you know l- yeah. losing out a, a big big cut to you know, the yeah, discovery right, platform right. or ecosystem right. that's happening in uh we really want to put the control in in the hands of our customers you know, use the platforms and tools you have and meet your audience where they are i love it uh by the way it's switcher studio switcher studio.com switchstudio.com yeah. and Nick Mattingly also you can you can connect with him on LinkedIn he's on LinkedIn and he's got YouTube video he's, he's all over the place he's all over the place and you can you know switch your studio Facebook you got you said you had 20,000 followers uh, so you can follow all their social media um, I, I totally agree with the video shopping and experience I mean I I'm I look for video everywhere I go I mean if I go to a website for a company I just want a video to tell me what the company does. I don't want to have to read anything. If, if I go to a product on Amazon, I just want to look at the video. I don't want tell to me how to, it works. Yeah. Yeah. Just tell me how it works. Like I, I always, now I, I have friends that are, you know, I want to read it. I want to read it. I'm like, well, I don't, I just want to see the video. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a yes. Uh, and I think you got to do both. Just, just show me the video, man. I, I want to be able to click on the video for almost everything I do, whether it's a product, whether it's a person, whether it's a website, I want to be able to, and sometimes I just want to be able to listen to it. I mean, I, the video is great, but sometimes I just want somebody to tell me what it does, you know, yeah. uh, cause I'm walking or I'm driving or whatever, but okay. So I love what you guys are doing. Are you um, set up? Is it you and the, Talk to me about ownership. Is it you, the the co-founder in Switzerland? Have you taken on cash? Do you have investors? What's going on with the company yeah. setup? So in 2016, we restructured the company so that we could take on venture capital. Um, we'd gone two years, bootstrap, self-funded, had had some revenue, had customers, you know, had this Facebook Live launch status, launch partner status. We were able to do a lot of really incredible things on our own. And that, that was really a tipping point for like, we've got something special here, like yeah. let's scale it. Yeah. Um, and so in, in, in that we, we needed to change some things about how, how we had the business package so that we could be investable. And, and okay. one step that we took was to incorporate. Um, that also meant that we had to recap the company. I had founders that were partners in an LLC. Mm-hmm. We, had pretty even splits and ownership 
-hmm. that's not necessarily compatible with a venture-backed model and and kind of that path that you go on. So that was a really big challenge. uh, Again, some really uncomfortable conversations. So let's take a pause right there for the listeners, especially for the aspiring entrepreneurs that may not know how this works. I had five. There were five of us that were co-founders initially. This this wasn't the Nick show. All right. So in layman's layman's terms, you had five people that all had similar ownership, and you guys were like, "Hey, man, we're going to take on some VC money," and then everybody got diluted. And and, yeah, then there's yeah, okay. (laughs) uh, And and these are people that have been doing a whole lot of work for no pay. You know, they work their day job, and they they would pick up at you know seven o'clock at night and work till one a.m. And I'm always on because I'm working on Switcher during the day, and then I'm available when they're available. It wasn't sustainable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, part, part of part of this is you know outsourcing yourself and getting help, mm-hmm. um, and so you know in in doing that, uh, I had I had a few partners that kind of put things on pause for a minute. They're like, I understand, um, but we want this to be successful, and we understand why we're doing this, and we fully support the decision. Um, and within a few years, I was able to bring all of them back in the fold. And so nice. everyone that was a co-founder of Switcher is here today. Really? Uh, we're, wow. we're all in different okay. roles, but we've been able wow. to bring in some great leaders and, and people that have done incredible things in, in their own careers to, to learn from. And um, we, we've taken is- this from you know five co-founders, bootstrap self-funded to we're over 50 employees. Now we've got customers in 115 countries. Um, we're seeing really good numbers. COVID was a, a blessing for Switcher as hard as it, as it was for um, you know, a lot of other businesses. We were on the other side of that. We had a video communication platform, a way to keep people connected. Yes. Um, and we've learned a lot in, the, in this process. So really looking wow. to democratize the way video gets made and uh, uh, change now, the way that, that people think about how content gets created. You know, I've heard so many, so many, good and bad stories about taking on cash, right? We've had a shit ton of entrepreneurs on the Rider Flex mm-hmm. podcast, and I know a bunch of business owners personally. And, you know, sometimes I'll sit down with a guy and, and he'll, he'll be like, oh my God, I signed up with the devil and I took their cash and it's horrible. And then other times, you know, I talked to people that took on cash from great partners and they scaled and exited and made a lot of money and everybody's happy. I've heard both. Yeah. Uh, have you taken cash just from one VC? Do you, did you take uh, from several? Is it, uh, I don't know how much you want to share and how much yeah. have you take, how much <laughs> cash have you taken? I don't know how much you want to share. We, we have raised capital. Um, we started with a convertible note. Okay. Uh, so we, we didn't fully price around and, and put them on our cap table from day one. We wanted to give ourselves some runway to set out nice. some milestones and KPIs Good. and say, if we make this possible, this is the valuation we would expect. Nice. Um, and in doing that, we were able to really lift the, the valuation that we would have gotten had we taken cash you know, day one when we had made that decision. Good move. Um, we were also really selective in, in who we brought in and the, the lead investor uh, for, for that initial capital. Uh, he led mergers and acquisitions for Nextel, was involved in the Sprint Nextel merger, okay. has been on the board for companies backed by Sequoia um, cool. and, and acquired right. by Salesforce. So like we, we, yeah. we brought in... Um, you know, a sophisticated investor that had their own network that understood SaaS businesses, mm-hmm. um, other supporting parties, and, and even angel investors um, and friends and family kind of packaged in that. But we didn't take all of our capital all at once. We did it in stages. So through okay. the convertible note, you know, we brought in four hundred thousand on our first close, 
it gave us a great amount of runway. We were able to invest in, in uh, creating new roles and having a support team. Yeah. We wanted to be able to help our customers. We were able to invest in marketing and grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and in doing that, that same batch of investors came back and put more money in the company How when we that? did things that we said we were going to do. How about that? Um, we've always been really, we've, we've operated this like a business and have been very revenue focused. And so we've been able to rely on actual customers as investors, you know, they're paying for the product. We're able to put those dollars back into the work that we're doing. And uh, we, we, we've officially done a series seed. So we, we did oh. a, a, a third close um, where we, we moved forward the convertible note. We priced around, we brought in new investors. We've only raised 3.4 million in the history of the company. Only, what at, do you mean? That's a good number. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think when I look at the stage of our business, the, the, the amount of cash that we have on hand is more than we've raised That's because we're, we have customers and we're, we're growing our base. The, so you're not burning cash. You're not, you're not in a scale slash burn cash mode anymore. You're actually profitable. We go, we go back and forth. So we've had okay. two years profitable. Uh, okay. We've been able to cat, you know, pad our reserves a little bit, nice. um, but we're aggressively investing okay. right now. We, we, we are really um, Good. looking to build out the team and, and looking to build out new products. Uh, and, and there's probably a version of this where we raise more capital in the future. Uh, but right now we're really focused on building an awesome product and delighting customers and figuring out the right business model. Have you uh, enjoyed, have you enjoyed transitioning as a, and growing and learning as a, as a CEO from, Hey, I know how to hook up this camera to make sure this shot's good <laughs> all the way to now I'm structuring this, this next round and cap tables yeah. and uh, equity. And uh, you know, that's a major transition and you've had to learn yeah. that, right? As you, have mm-hmm. you enjoyed that? Do you, or do you, or, or does messing with the investors and the cap table be like, Oh, Jesus Christ, I don't want to do yeah. that. I want to go on. <laughs> I think for me, everything is a learning experience. And I, I think something I'm really drawn to is solving problems. Okay. Uh, and so when there's something new and it's big and fuzzy, like I am, embellish that and i want to get in there and i want to learn but i want to surround myself with people that i can learn from Mm -hmm. um and that that's that's a big part of i I think how we've had the success we've had to date i brought in a coo at the end of last year outsider an outsider like a new person that nobody on the team knew yeah and it's been incredible they're an amazing partner um, they really understand the the e-commerce space which is a really important category for us as we look forward um, really great people manager. Um, I mean, we're, we're in such a, we're, we're making decisions more quickly. Um, we're, we're doing big things and I'm learning a lot in the process as well. And now that's another good pause moment for the listening listeners, especially young entrepreneurs. You know, what I hear you saying, Nick is, Hey, look, you know, I've got this thing big enough now and I'm, I'm, I'm up here as a CEO, like it or not dealing with, you know, investors and board meetings and raising cash. And I'm the face of the company. I needed now an quote operator for the day-to-day tactical execution. And so you brought in a COO probably right at the right time. I I think part of what I ran into as, um, you know, in, in this moment of growth, I really wanted to do a reset on how much of the original vision and strategy is still true. How much Mm -hmm. has the world changed? Mm -hmm. Um, 
if we did not exist in the world, what are the things that are going to happen? And, and if we were to play a part in you know, making those happen, what might that look like? And, and the really cool thing that happened in that process was there's a lot about what we set out to do from the beginning that we had made happen and that I still felt like we had a lot of work to do that was important and, and didn't need to change. Okay. But the other thing I saw was that you know, the, the success that we've had in worship and sports and news and podcasting and these other categories wasn't growing as quickly as we would like. And there are other solutions in the market and it's getting more competitive. And it's not that it's not important or that we can't be successful in those categories, but how do we really unlock the most value for this thing that we've built and what's, what's missing. And in that process, from the very beginning, when we started Switcher, my, my whole, so much of this was wrapped up in helping others be successful. How do we help businesses make better video more often? Mm-hmm. And this whole time we've been really selling against a behavior that doesn't exist. They still haven't really taken ownership of that. There's this huge spectrum of let's pull out our phone and, and make a video on Instagram so we can check the box, or let's pay an agency to do it for us. Mm-hmm. And this, this thing that we've set out to solve still hasn't happened because the world wasn't ready. But what's happened in the last 18 to 24 months, like people are on Zoom calls every day. Every they day. got employees that are, are wearing multiple hats and helping in different ways. If they weren't selling online, they are now. They figured out curbside pickup and online selling and distribution. Like there's this perfect storm where a lot of these things have started to align. Um, and, and it really brought me back to the very beginning of we need to get close to our customer. We need to learn from them again. And so the big change that happened here was SMB is an important category for us. Yeah, Selling through so. video is, is, is something we need to solve for. Huge. And we don't have all the answers. We need to talk to them. We need to learn from them. We need to prioritize this. We need to get more people in our company with ecom DNA mm. at, at, at every level. And we, we need to go figure out what's missing. What's the workflow that's needed? Um, and having, then, a CEO, the, having a COO allows you to concentrate on that strategy and that vision and those types of things. So this is where I really struggled is for me, it became really clear that this is what needs to happen. And this is where we're going. And I had buy-in at the board level. You know, I'd, I'd been really leaning into our leadership team and saying, this is what we're doing, but it hadn't really trickled down. You, you didn't see it play out in how we're talking in market or the work that the rest of the team was doing. And, and it's a really, not that it's a, a pivot, like we're in, we're standing up a new vertical. We're investing in a new area. We're not forgetting about our, our product or our current customers. They're still important. Um, but culturally, like there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of feelings <laughs> around that. And there's a lot to navigate and there's change in role. And some people really see themselves in the work that's being done. And some people, their job doesn't change because the work they're doing is important and they need to do that so that we can focus on the new things we're building. Mm. And so there was just a lot of, a lot of things that I was dealing with for the first time, you know, as a founder growing a company. And I think it was actually through a recommendation of my board that we, we consider a search for a COO. I see. And and it's made a world of difference to have someone that's been there and done it. That's, you know, seen this and, and even beyond, you know, where we're going to go next and really help us operationalize the vision and strategy and, and really move toward those goals. Is your buddy that was doing the LLC with you right out of college? Is he one of the five and is he still involved? Uh, he's, he was one of the co-founders and, and he is um, on the support team and he's doing a lot of our product education uh, and, and working with some of our high profile customers when they come through as well to, to make sure they, they get what they need. 
How about that? I'm really impressed with the fact that you have raised over $3 million. You're still the CEO, the investors in the board, they haven't like, you know, pushed you out or anything. You've, they've, they've said they believe in you. They've left you in charge. They gave you the cash and you were able to go back and, and get all of those five original founders. And the fact that all those people are still involved really speaks to your people skills, your leadership skills, your communication. That, that takes a lot of work. For the listeners that don't understand, just let that sink in for a minute. Five original founders after five something years and taking on cash and being diluted and all these other things that have to take place. And everybody is still together working. I mean, that's Nick, that's pretty big. Congratulations. That's huge, man. Yeah. I I think uh, I'm really proud of the team that we've built and uh, nice. It's very nice. We'll have fun. So I know we're out of time. Last question. Uh, I could could keep you on the phone longer, but we're bumped up against our hour here. I just want to ask you one final question. What is Nick's aside from your wife and and your two little girls now? So let's, let's set the twins aside for a second. (laughs) Um, What is Nick's core purpose in life moving forward? If you had to put it into a sentence, you think. Oof. Uh, This is really hard. I mean, in, in a lot of ways, Switcher is a huge part of my identity. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've poured a lot into it. And, and there, you know, people talk about work-life balance. When you're doing something like this, that, that is not a word that's in my vocabulary. Like <laughs> it, it is fused. Um, it, it, it's really, you've got to make time for things outside of that. And, and you've got to prioritize family and yourself and your, your health. And I mean, there, there are so many other things that um, you know, aren't this thing that you've created. Mm-hmm. And if anything, I think um, I really want to bring more balance for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also want to build something great. I want to do something. And that's that's tough to do. Cool. Building something great with, with a balance in life. That is a hard yeah. uh, goal. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I think part of building something great, it's not just the product, like the, the people that work here, I really believe they, they love it. And we're really investing in the team and the culture. Um, Good. And, and I, I don't know, I, th- I think, I think if anything, I'm at my best when I'm learning from others. And so getting other perspectives and challenging one another and having the tough conversations, like mm-hmm. those are the things that help you get to the best possible solution. And so if anything, no, no matter what you are doing or, or when I think about what I do next in life, it's lean in. Like if it's, if it's, it feels like a hard problem, it's cause it probably is and it's not going to solve itself. So <laughs> go do it. Uh, Nick, thank you so much for being on the Rider Flex podcast and sharing your story. I really appreciate it, sir. Absolutely. Enjoyed my time as well. Take care. <laughs>